0: Liftoff and the clock has started. This is 20 minutes. You'll never get back. My name is Doug Prazak. Welcome to 2021 and the uh, first episode of this season. I guess I'll call it episode 2-01 or something. I don't know. Also, you may have noticed I didn't have my usual announcer beforehand. That's because I don't have any (laughs) more. I ran out of announcers. Oh boy. Great. great way to start the new year. If you'd like to be an announcer, it's pretty easy. All you have to do is go to uh, 20minutespodcast.com and it tells you how to do it. So I have a position available. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, 2021. uh let's see. New year, same pandemic, but... You know, things are kind of looking up. We've got uh, some vaccines rolling out to some people, and sooner or later, I'll get my shot in the arm, you'll get your shot in the arm, and everybody will get vaccinated, and the uh, whole thing will all go away, and we can start seeing people we like to see and go places we like to go to. So fingers crossed for uh, 2021. Uh, speaking of last year, actually, my my podcast host sent me out some uh, statistics for this very podcast and what happened last year. And I, I'll pass these along because you know what? They're actually about you guys, the listeners that you're, you're responsible for these stats and I appreciate them. The most popular episode was uh, the one titled O'Tanen Bomb. That was uh, downloaded 120 times. The most popular city in terms of downloads is, are you ready for it? Anchorage, Alaska, uh, 92 different uh, downloads from there. Thank you very much. Anchorage, Alaska, Also, you all listened on mostly on Apple podcast and Spotify apps. Uh, We published 26 episodes, totaling nine hours of content, and that's 537 minutes that you gave me. And I appreciate every single one of those. Thank you very much. The shortest podcast was Sin City at 18 minutes, and the longest one was Once Upon a Time in Disneyland Part 4. The finale of that series, it was 37 minutes. I apologize I went over my 20 minutes on that one. It will not happen again in 2021. I promise. All right, let's get on with the show here. Did anybody watch the New Year's Eve shows that were on, you know, the ball drop, uh, Times Square, people blowing the horns? I don't even know if they did that because of the whole pandemic thing, but I didn't because, well, A, I'm old, and B, I was busy watching uh, Bridgerton on uh, Netflix, by the way great series, you should watch it. Anyway, I would suspect somewhere, somebody in that crowd was singing "Old Lang Syne and uh, that got me to thinking, what is that song all about? What does it mean? You know, that whole stuff and you know what happened next. That's right. I did the research so you don't have to. Welcome to 2021. What is "Old Lang Syne about? Well, Auld Lang Syne is the title of a Scottish folk song that many uh, English speakers sing at the stroke of midnight. As you know, roughly translates into days gone by. Okay, we can break it down this way. First, the poet Robert Burns, um, this guy was credited with uh, transcribing and adapting and kind of partially rewriting the song in the late 18th century. And secondly, if we think about the lyrics, now they're asking a question, and they're asking it rhetorically, whether or not old acquaintances should be forgot. Well, what's happening there is it's been interpreted that that's actually a call to remember your friends and experiences from the past. So there you go. Break out the party hat and start singing "All Lang Syne at the top of your lungs and remember all the friends from the past, you know, like the ones from last year you couldn't see because of the pandemic. Uh, and speaking of singing "All Lang Zion," guaranteed somewhere in Times Square, New York, somebody was singing that song. And, and speaking of Times Square, how about the, uh, the giant ball drop thing going on? How well, how'd that happen? Well, the world-famous celebration, that dates back to 1904. And that's when the uh, New York Times newspaper, they relocated to what was then known as Longacre Square. Uh, Then, they convinced the city to rename the neighborhood in the honor of the newspaper. I'm sure a little bit of bribe money didn't hurt, but that's how it became Times Square. Now, at the end of the year, the publication's owner threw a huge party with a very elaborate fireworks display. Now, the city banned fireworks in 1907, and then an electrician devised a, a wood and iron ball that weighed about 700 pounds, that was illuminated with 100 light bulbs, and then it was dropped from a flagpole at midnight to replace the fireworks. It's been lowered every year since then, and the giant light bulb has now undergone several upgrades uh, over the years, and now weighs 12,000 pounds, is covered with Swarovski crystals, and ironically, the fireworks are back. And not wanting to leave all the fun to New York, a, a lot of towns and cities across America now have kind of jumped in the game here, And they developed their own versions of the Times Square ritual at midnight on New Year's Eve. And they organized public drops of items ranging from pickles in Dillsburg, Pennsylvania, to possums in Tallapoosa, Georgia. Now, I cannot wrap my head around dropping possums at midnight in Tallapoosa, Georgia. What is the thought process? (laughs) there? I need to do a lot more research on just that aspect alone dropping possums in tallapalooza stay tuned on a future episode i will get the answer to that one i mean they're just possums let it go doug all right this all brings us back to the third uh, new year's tradition we've done the auld lang syne we've done the ball drop and that's resolutions so did you make any this year and how did resolutions just come about well my dear listeners my research continued The ancient Babylonians are said to have been the first people to make New Year's resolutions some 4,000 years ago. And frankly, we've just been kidding ourselves ever since then. They were also the first to hold recorded celebrations in honor of the New Year. Although for them, their year began in mid-March, and that's when the crops were planted. During a massive 12-day religious festival known as Akitu, The Babylonians crowned a new king or they reaffirmed their loyalty to the reigning king. They also made promises to the gods to pay their debts and return any objects they had borrowed, you know, like the neighbor's lawnmower. Uh, These promises could be considered the forerunners of our New Year's resolutions. If the Babylonians kept their word, their pagan gods would bestow favor on them for the coming year. And if not... They would fall out of the God's favor, and that's a place you just don't want to be. I don't know what that voice was all about. I was trying to be dramatic, and that was a swing and a miss. Sorry. A similar practice occurred in ancient Rome, and that's after the reform-minded emperor Julius Caesar. It appeared he didn't have enough to do, so he tinkered with the calendar, and he established January 1st as beginning of the new year, and that was uh, around circa 46 BC. Now, January was named for Janus. Now, Janus was a two-faced god whose spirit inhabited the doorways and arches of the buildings. Believing that Janus symbolically looked Backwards into the previous year and ahead into the future, the Romans offered sacrifices to the deity and made promises of good conduct for the coming year. Good for you. Now, for early Christians, the first day of the new year became a traditional occasion for thinking about one's past mistakes and resolving to do and be better in the future. In 1740, the English clergyman John Wesley, uh, he founded Methodism. He created the Covenant Renewal Service. <laughs> I'm sorry. I swear I've seen that written on a van going up uh, 405. He, and he created the Covenant Renewal Service. <laughs> Jesus. Come on, Doug, get it together. <clears throat> All right. The Covenant Renewal Service most commonly is held on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. It's also known as night watch services. They included readings from scriptures and hymn singing and served as a spiritual alternative to the raucous celebrations normally held to celebrate the coming of the new year. This tradition has uh, many other religious parallels, if you will. During Judaism's New Year, Rosh Hashanah, through the high holidays, and culminating in Yom Kippur, one is to reflect upon one's wrongdoings over the year and both seek and offer forgiveness. People can act similarly during the Christian liturgical season of Lent, although the motive behind this holiday is more of a sacrifice than a responsibility. In fact, the Methodist practice of New Year's resolutions came in part from the Lenten sacrifices. The concept is to reflect upon self-improvement annually. Do better. Despite the traditions, uh, religious roots, the New Year's resolutions today are mostly secular in practice. Instead of making promises to the gods, most people make resolutions only to themselves and focus purely on self-improvement, which kind of explains why these resolutions are so hard to follow through on. Well, this is time for a break, and we come back, we're going to talk about different types of resolutions. If you haven't made one yet, I've got a list of suggestions for you. So don't go away. I'll be right back after you listen to the first commercial break of 2021. For those who say top value steps, the best gifts in life are free. Gifts to grace your living room, each backed by a guarantee. Free for top value steps. An elegant, polished brass chafing dish. Or, if something spills, a thistle carpet sweeper, perfect for touch up. To brighten your living room, select the beautiful Bradley table lamp, fashioned in walnut and brass. To enjoy your favorite TV shows in any room, choose an RCA portable television set. Like everything else, free for top value stamps. So save, save, save Top Value Stamps. The best gifts in life are free, free, free. I'm going to guess only about 3% of people listening to this podcast know what trading stamps are or were. Uh, If you don't, well, you can Google them. You can Google Blue Chip Stamps. Let's see. There was uh, S&H Stamps and uh, those Top Value Stamps. And you, you bought groceries. They gave you stamps. You glued them into a little booklet, you take a booklet to a redemption center, and you can get things like, oh, a snorkel set or a chessboard. Or uh, apparently, if you had top value stamps, you can get a TV for your whole house. Speaking of percentages, let's get back to New Year's resolutions. At the end of the Great Depression, about a quarter of American adults formed New Year's resolutions. At the start of the 21st century, about 40% did. And this is one of the more stupider facts I'll give you. Based on a 1995 Epcot poll, you know Epcot and Walt Disney World because you can get some great polling there, approximately 40 to 50 percent of Americans participated in the New Year's resolution tradition. But forget 1995, let's talk about 2021 and figure out where you fit into these numbers. An estimated 74% or 189 million adults say they're determined to learn something new this year, make a lifestyle change, or set a personal goal in an effort to better themselves in 2021. That's a 15% increase from 2020. The top six categories should not be a surprise for this uh, holiday tradition, Uh, money, health, career, self-improvement, family, and love. Health-related resolutions are at the top of the list. Uh, 44% of males and 47% of females all say that health is number one, and that's not too shocking considering we're in the middle of a pandemic. Hey, knuckleheads, wear a mask and don't travel. There, that resolution is taken care of. So the question is now, did you make a New Year's resolution? Because, you know, of course I did. Uh, Of course. There'd be no question about that. Life hack. Lifehack has come up with a list of resolutions. If you haven't made one, here's some for you. Some of them make sense, some of them are just stupid. One, become more active. Hey, my watch tells me to do that, so that's taken care of. Earn more money. Oh, okay, I'll get right on that. Oh, and here's a great one, watch less TV. Hey, Lifehack, why don't you keep your ideas to yourself? Lifehack also has a resolution for you, read more. Uh, That's a great one. I am planning on doing that. I will read more of the channel guide on my TV so I can take care of that one. And here's one. Learn how to dress with style. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so we can all make this resolution. I'm thinking about changing up the color of my sweatpants I wear, you know, and maybe a different T-shirt so I can change my style. So that's a good resolution. Here's another one for you. They say, pick up useful skills or fun hobbies. Uh, They say, just sitting around all day won't get you anywhere. It's much better to use your free time in a constructive manner and pick up a new skill while having fun at the same time. I don't disagree with that one. So I'm going to give you a thumbs up on that one. Life hack then adds, turn your hobby into a career. Okay. We do that. We can solve that whole earn extra money. So I make soap. If anybody wants any soap, let me know. So uh, I'll turn my hobby into a career. Okay. Just You can help me out there. Also, spend less time on social media. Done. And start remembering important dates. (laughs) In particular, I might add, remember your spouse's or significant other's birthdays and anniversaries. Just helping you out there. Country Living Magazine has some suggestions for you. Their first one is write snail mail. Now, for you youngins out there, snail mail means... The old-fashioned way, you get a piece of paper and a pencil or pen and you write something down and you put a stamp on the envelope and you mail it to somebody. We actually got a very nice uh, snail mail thank you letter from our grandsons for their Christmas presents. It was very touching and I really appreciated the old school technology there. So you can do it too. Resolve uh, this year to send a snail mail to somebody. Country Living says, make a resolution to drink more water. Now, I personally know I don't drink enough water each day. They say it suggested you start small by replacing one or two drinks a day with water. I say keep the one or two drinks a day. It just add some more water. You know, just, just a thought. Another resolution suggestion is to try something new each month. Now They say, who says your resolution has to be sticking to just one thing? Try this for a new year. Try something new each month. A food, activity, a TV show. I started a list, but then I gave up. Um, I had alligator wrestling uh, BMX motocross bike racing, and then souffle making. But I knew that that whole souffle making thing was end up being a mess. So I quit. Here's another resolution for you that I am so guilty of. I need to, I really need to seriously put this on my list, send birthday cards, enough with the text enough with the email, get out, just go back to the whole old school. We previously mentioned, get a birthday card, sign your name, put a stamp on it and mail it. Hey, if I can do it, you can do it. And if I knew your addresses, I send you a birthday card too. Another suggestion they have is to do that TikTok thing. I have no idea. I'm upfront with you. I have no idea what a TikTok thing is. I think it's some kind of videos that people do stuff and then post it. Um, I thought that's what YouTube was or people making Instagram videos or something. And so is TikTok just another, another video outlet? Whatever it is, You can make that your New Year's resolution to do that TikTok thing good on you if you can do that. And this is a New Year's resolution that I'm actually doing. Uh, It's write one line a day, kind of like a journal, but only a one-liner. Don't have to do the whole full page diary thing. It's just one line. And then you can go back at the end of the year and see all those things are kind of in your head for that day. So whatever you want to write down, do it. I'm personally doing it and I'm actually enjoying it. And lastly, this uh, is perhaps the most bizarre New Year's resolution I've read or I've heard of. It comes from InStyle. It's called Implement the Topless Test. (laughs) They say, quote, make space for the people you really care about by implementing the topless test. You're probably asking yourself, much like I did, what the hell is this? Uh, My mind went to some really bizarre places trying to figure out what this was going to be. But here it is. They say only spend time online or safely in person with friends you would take your top off in front of. Now, how would you follow through on this resolution? Do you go over to your friend's house and walk in and stand in the middle of the living room and take your shirt off and go, Hey, what do you think? <laughs> how do you do that? Do your friends come over for lunch one day and you just take your shirt off and uh, say, Would you, do you want some coffee? Oh, man, that is uh, most unusual. They say if you wouldn't take your top off in front of anyone, you could switch up the test to something that makes more sense for you. For example, it could be people you would feel comfortable talking to with your mouth full of food, (laughs) calling when you need to cry, or another benchmark that tells you this is someone you trust and feel good around. Do you sit there at lunch with a mouthful of cheeseburger and start talking and watch the reaction and go, okay, I guess you can't be my good friend. I have no space for you. Oh man, that is just the stupidest one I've ever heard. So if you haven't made any new year's resolutions yet, feel free to use one of the ones I just outlined for you, but I would, uh, I would avoid that topless test. Just just saying. And with that, we will officially close out the first podcast for 2021. And what have we learned so far? Well, If you're ever in Rome and you're walking through an archway, please know that uh, Janus is watching you. We learned that Times Square used to be Longacre Square until the newspaper moved in. And we also learned if you want to thin out your friends, uh, here's what you do. Take your top off, get a mouthful of food, and start talking to them. See what happens. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it. And I'll talk to you next time on 20 Minutes. You'll never get back. Bye bye. Hi, it's me again, Doug. I want to take up a couple more seconds of your time just to remind you. If you want to stay informed to when uh, the next podcast is posted, all you need to do is sign up at uh, on that Instagram machine. It's at uh, two zero M Y N G B twenty M Y N G B, and that means twenty minutes you'll never get back. Uh, If you sign up there, you'll uh, always see when the next podcast is uploaded. And if you want to leave some comments, by all means, please do go to the uh, website at 20minutespodcast.com. So it's 20minutespodcast.com. And uh, you can uh, leave your comments there. It also tells you how you can be an announcer for the show. So... Take, take a look at those two things if you'd like and stay informed. And I'll, as always, thank you very much for listening to 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Bye-bye.